0: When I say Disney, Apple, Tesla, Facebook, Amazon, Virgin, these are very recognizable corporate brands. We all have a picture in our head of what they represent, their values, their promise, and what they mean to us individually. However, what about leadership brands? How important? are they? And that's what we're talking about next on Experience Leadership.
1: Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that helps small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you dare to be the exception. Join our host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you develop your business. So, you can take the time to work on your business, not just in your business. Here's your host, Mark Hain.
0: Welcome to this episode. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them work on their business, not just in their business. I am your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain. Thank you so much for joining me today. My guest for this episode is brand clarity expert. Suzanne Tullian. We will be talking about how one defines personal brand and how to leverage it in your company. We'll uncover the three most powerful attributes of a successful brand and pull back the curtains on the key elements within your brand. But we'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, feel free to be part of this conversation. You can go ahead, subscribe to this program click the link to make sure you're following whenever I bring fresh content forward. And while you're at it, if you feel this type of content is valuable, please go ahead and check out the audacious Leaders summit running from January 21st to the 22nd. And if you miss it, check out audaciousleaderssummit.com for more offers and upcoming dates. I know that as audacious leaders, that you are, that lifelong learning is one of your values, and so the Audacious Leader Summit is designed specifically for you. So we mentioned how you feel about corporate brands, but what about their leaders? Walt, as in Disney, Jobs, Musk, Zuckerberg, Bezos, and of course Branson. When you think of those names, what do you feel about them? Do they represent the values and promise of their corporate brand? Which brings us to our question of the day. As the face of your business, do your customers feel that you, as a person, is congruent with the values and the promises of your company? I'd love to hear your response. Go ahead, wherever you're consuming this content, go ahead and put it in a comment box. I'd love to hear what you have to say. And or you know, take it one step further. Why don't you share this episode on your social media feed with your own thoughts about this idea of personal branding. My guest today is the author of the newly released Personal Brand Clarity, identify, define, and align to what you want to be known for. Suzanne is a master strategic communicator. She works with employee brand engagement and internal brand development. She co-founded the Global Institute for Inspiration and helped create the Most Inspiring Companies Report. Aside from her new book, Suzanne is also the author of Six Myths of Small Business Branding and co-author of Brand DNA, Uncover Your Organization's Genetic Code to Competitive Advantage. Suzanne, welcome to the show. It's so nice to have you.
2: Hi Mark, great to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. I love this.
0: Oh, it's brilliant. You know, and the more, you know, I looked into kind of your background and kind of what you talk about and I just see the synergy between this idea of leadership and corporation about what they mean to each other and how interconnected they all are. But before we get into today's topic, could you dig a little bit deeper into what you do for your clients?
2: Oh, there's so many things I can do, but I'll start at that core piece of the brand clarity expert and and what I mean by that is I help companies identify, define and align themselves at the internal levels with their systems and processes, their culture and their leadership to become who they wanna be known for, to enable them to step into some specific distinctions that enable them to deliver on their promise. And then that leads to the leadership piece which is helping these leaders, these people, emerging leaders sometimes in corporations, to really want to hone in on who they are as a brand, as the individual level, and step into that as well to become who they want to be known for as a leader within the organization.
0: Fantastic. Why is this topic so important?
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, sorry. That was just a little question.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much time do we have? <laughs> It's so important because one of the key characteristics, I know we're going to get into this, is authenticity, right? And w- consumers are so smart these days. And we can really begin to understand very quickly whether a company that we want to, we think we want to buy from is in alignment with our core values and with what we believe. And we're very quick to make decisions in that space if we see something incongruent happening. So it's important to really get your arms around what you stand for and what your value position is as a brand and get super clear on what that is so that you can build out those experiences that you talk about a lot, Mark, Mm -hmm. in every aspect of the customer journey, as well as the employees. And that's what I like to focus on is that more internal piece. So that your employees are living the dream or living the values that you're espousing as a leader within the corporation.
0: Yes, yes. It's, it's more than just putting it on a poster on, on the back wall, right? It's oh gosh, It, it yes. goes much deeper. What are we seeing in the workplace now as consequences of badly managed personal brands? What are some of your experiences? Oh, gosh. Oh, sorry, another little question.
2: I know, where do I begin? Badly managed personal brands, we see a lot of dissent. Retention is a big issue because Mm -hmm. of that. You know, most people leave their jobs because of their supervisors, because of the relationship or lack thereof relationship, right? The incongruencies that the workers are seeing from what they might be portraying out in the market in terms of marketing messaging versus what they're actually doing and living in being internally with the organization right so they when we pick up on that we're, we're feeling like wait where am i working every single day and why aren't i you know feeling more in alignment with what i'm doing every day so we've got this humans have this great sense of intuition and we know that if something's off we've we've got to start delving into what that looks like and oftentimes it shows up in the experience of at their workplace Yep. Yeah. so that's why it's a
0: important. Yeah. And, you know, so you talked about the employee center. from the leadership perspective as well. I mean, before you and I went live, we were talking about some examples of leaders who behave badly. And because of that, they negatively affect their business. How prevalent is this as far as the tie-in between the leader's behavior, whether it's on the job or off the job, makes no difference, to the actual kind of value of the business itself?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't last very long because we catch it very quickly, you know, because there's so much communication going on that we can communicate now through social media and so many platforms that people are catching the incongruencies that luckily it doesn't last very long. They either shape up or they apologize or they, you know, do something that that amends whatever's happening out there. But, you know, I want people to realize that Every single person out there has a personal brand already. The real question is, is are you in control of it? Right? And have you done the due diligence and the work to truly understand who you are and what you yourself are standing for? And do you stand in that position on a regular basis? How are you making your own personal brand tangible out
0: there in the real world? That's such a good point because you know to the previous point when, you know, we define people based on what we feel we see out of them. We see their values being reflected and we connect with people because of their values. When they act, to your point, incongruent to their, to what we believe, all of a sudden we shatter that and that branding is lost. I mean, Andrew Como, you know, perfect example, you know, the, his brother, you know, on CNN, you know, supporting him. As he should as he's his brother, but now CNN wants distance think of any any Pepsi sponsor that went off the rails all of a sudden you know you hear all these things about you know somebody behaved in a certain way and all of a sudden they lost all their sponsorship opportunities because people are pulling back and wanting to distance themselves from whatever that person said on social media or how they behaved in public and so on
2: but I think it's so sensitive these days
0: it is because we're so open, right but I think, you know, for the people watching, maybe what we need to do is I know that some people define branding as kind of the logo and the marketing piece. Could we define a little bit what is the difference between branding and marketing?
2: Oh, that's such a great question. That's why I'm in business because I'm so passionate about this distinction. So if you think about you market a brand, right? And if you're out there marketing something, which is the dissemination of information. If you're out there marketing something, that you have not yet fully identified and defined, which is the brand, then what are you actually marketing out there? So branding is just the verb that speaks to the assignment of meaning to an entity called an organization, or could be the person, right, the personal brand. So if I haven't done the work to literally sit down and identify and define and then align myself to my set of core values, my brand style attributes, which are personality attributes, I need to know what my distinctions are, my unique distinctions, my credibilities, my skill sets, my experiences that bring certain skills to the forefront of how I act and behave in the world. If I don't know those, then how can I even think that I'm being authentic? And that's the big problem that I see out there. A lot of people say, Oh, just be yourself, be authentic. But if you haven't done the work, you don't know what authenticity is for you if you haven't identified and defined it, right? You What we tend to end up doing, Mark, and this is I see it all the time, is we are, so, we are becoming so reactive to our environments, our external environments, we are no longer in the driver's seat in being internally driven to stand in our value positions because mm-hmm. we're re- reacting to those things around us all the time and we haven't taken the time to really understand and get clear on who we are as a leader or just a personal brand to know how to distinguish or discern differently in our lives so that we're creating a consistency which builds trust which is one of the attributes of a great personal brand.
0: Yeah, you know, you bring up some interesting points, you know, the we know that values play a big thing. How we connect, mm-hmm. you and I connect because we at some level we share some values together or else we would have this incongruency. I'd like to dig a little bit deeper into the importance of having congruent personal brands, and we'll get to that right
3: after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action. Business operational excellence through the lens of live theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhane.com.
0: I am speaking with the fabulous... Suzanne Tuline about the role personal branding has on business leaders and the companies that they represent. You know, working in restaurants, I worked in restaurants, casinos, hotels, I was embedded into the hospitality industry. I was always very concerned with the behavior of my staff when they were off shift. I feared that if they misbehaved and people knew that they worked for me or for my organization, it would negatively affect my business. Suzanne, is that a sound fear
2: Well, sure. It's a sound fear because we are so exposed these days and we are connected with how people know us and know us through these experiences versus these experiences. Everything is connected. So it is a sound fear. And you want to, it kind of brings up the point of getting the right people in the right seats when you're hiring and making sure that you um, do a great job at vetting according to the organization's or your core values, and ensuring that you inculcate them into the process or onboard them into the brand's value position and its promise. A lot of companies skip over a lot of that stuff, especially smaller businesses, because they want to get them right into the position and get them rocking and rolling and doing their job. They negate the fact that they really need to be trained culturally as well as you know, through their systems and processes and those types of things. So I think it is important and it is a sound fear that the employee you're hiring is a good fit for your core values and what you stand for as a brand.
0: Yeah. How important, like you mentioned, training people to, into the brand as well. Are there any tips or techniques you could suggest for getting employees to be on the brand wagon? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah. So in the very beginning, when you're interviewing, there is what we call an interview based value or a values based interview process. And so you take your own core values that you've identified and defined, you have to have them defined as well. And then you weave them through the questionnaire process, so that you're literally getting information out of these prospects, your potential hires about their own core values and how they're congruent with your company's brand values. So when you see that and you listen to their answers, you can literally have discern better fits for your culture. So that's just one way. But when you start inculcating them and really beginning to onboard them, there's a lot of collaboration that you can create. We have developed these kind of like these journals For new employees to, they have to go to each department and talk to different people within these departments about brand philosophy, about the brand promise, about what they see. So they're like interviewing them. I mean, there's all kinds of great little tips and tricks and experientials that you can do with onboarding.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's a really unique technique. I I haven't heard that before Mm -hmm. to actually empower and get people to tour through the organization talking to the department heads and that sort of thing. You know, part of the challenge we have, and we're seeing it all over the news now with the great resignation, is that businesses are challenged with attracting the right kind of help. And according to studies, the newer generations of workers are very concerned with the corporate, environmental, and the social values of their employer. How have you seen those values represented in in the marketplace?
2: From the corporation?
0: Yes. So
2: again, I think companies and specifically HR departments, if your business is big enough to have an HR department, they're really starting to hone in on identifying and defining those and getting them out there and utilizing them in the interviewing process to make sure that when even when they're advertising, they're also infusing them or peppering them into some of the ads that they're putting out there to really showcase what they stand for. And they have to really begin to beef up those onboarding programs so that They are walking the talk and delivering on that promise, even in the very beginning in the get-go. And of course, vetting, your whole program for vetting is really important. And I think they're extending that vetting process because they need to ensure that, you know, the price of hiring somebody and training them and getting them, you know, up to speed is, I think there was like an average of $3,500 at least in America for employees. It's high. It is. So, you know, taking more care in doing that and really honing in on what the company believes and really showcasing that because the employees or the prospects out there, the pool that's out there that you're trying to pull from is kind of in control right now. Yeah. They're kind of calling the shots.
0: (laughs) I see that. You know, it's so funny that when you look at social media, you see as much from the brands kind of exuding their values more so than they are now kind of advertising their products. I mean, when you look right. at a Nike commercial, it's all about the values. They're not holding up a pair of shoes and say, "You should buy these pair of shoes now. They're on sale. Go to That's not how they're selling anymore. Instead, they have, right. you know, a brilliant ad of, you know, a chubby fellow, you know, just jogging and they're talking about what excellence and brilliance is. And you have this little chubby fellow just, you know, going along and being an athlete. And they said it doesn't just have to do be like you just do it, right? And how brilliant is that, that they're not talking necessarily about their products, but they're establishing their values by talking about what they're doing behind the scenes, what they're doing outside Mm -hmm. of the business, and so on.
2: It's interesting you say that, Mark, if I can just interject here. Companies are really beginning to realize, and this is my philosophy all along, is that the product or the service is never really the brand. Your products are not your brand. It's really the how you actually deliver what you deliver and follow through on what you follow through on, it. the visceralness that people have at that end game when they're done purchasing or having the transaction, that visceral experience. So it is the core values that they're actually starting to market, which is very interesting, mm. instead of the push, push, push on the product or, or you know the price points and that sort of thing. So wow. I love that they're doing that. But the problem is and the realistic piece of this is, is that They have to deliver on it, right? Again, this can't just be words out there, push, push, push to attract, get them in the door, and then it's nothing, nothing like they promised, right?
0: It really is exuding, kind of building that trust factor over and over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it? Mm -hmm. It takes... What's the the consistent thinking? It takes seven points of contact, seven to 10 times before somebody's willing to buy from you, which is really interesting because it is this whole thing about being trustful or being trustworthy in your brand as well.
2: And that's built from consistency. Yeah. So you can be consistently late or you can be consistently on time. Either way, you're still building a brand perception.
0: Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or you can deliver as you promise, or you can always be late as you promised. And I think this is where reviews come in, right? I see, Mm -hmm. especially small businesses, they're so horrible at properly responding to reviews on on social media or on review sites. I mean, they're just horrendous, getting all defensive and stuff. But which brings an interesting kind of position about this idea of social media. You know, when we had our federal election, I, I think it was the one six years ago, we had a person who got voted in, and she was under pressure because they found a reel from her when she was 21 in Mexico holding up a cannabis t-shirt. And I mean, it caused such a kerfuffle. But what role does social media now play in establishing one's brands? Oh
2: my gosh, it's very dangerous. It's a dangerous role, I think, because it is so sensitive, right? You really have to be able to, again, know who you are well enough to stand in your own value position and combat some of those things you know we're all human we all fall off the brand wagon every once in a while but it's how you get back up and how you recover and then get back on that consistency train so to speak that helps you really then begin to you know buy back the trust so to speak and Mm -hmm. the ownership of your own personal brand but it is you know the political arena is pretty scary you know to get into you know you you've got to give it to those people who actually want to put their foot in the pool and and try to get out there because dirt is dug up on so many of us that decide to get into the political arena and that's yes. going to happen right yeah so you have to manage it by truly being clear on what you stand for and really discerning differently through your actions and behaviors from that point on.
0: Yes. Interesting, because I do talk to some people who post on social media. Small business owners, they figure because I have a business profile, I have a business page, I'll post all my business stuff there. But my personal page is my personal page. And then they can't figure out why they're pissing people off because they're writing these little (laughs) op-eds on their personal page. And they're really, you know, kind of grading against Kind of the values that their businesses can people separate business from personal on social media.
2: So I've always said, um, and I learned this from one of my training workshops that I took way back to get certified as a trainer. That how you are one way is how you are every way. Yes. Right. And if you don't believe that at the core then what you're trying to be outside of yourself in any given situation that is not authentic to who you are is unsustainable. People will catch on. We're all pretty smart. We get when someone is lying or someone's putting on an act or, you know, and if you cannot be seamless across the board and, you know, from your personal values and beliefs to work values and beliefs, they cannot be separate. They have to cross platform in order for you to holistically be authentic it just makes sense
0: it's so funny because you know you can there are tons and tons of examples out there of people who behave one way in public but then you know something happens they go oh but i was drunk and i acted that way or i said that and because of it it destroys their careers and so it's, it's really interesting because it does it's it really is how you behave when nobody's watching or you think nobody's watching right
2: well, right. And again, that's externally driven, right? We're being reactive based on our environment. And we might be acting outside of ourselves. That isn't true to who we really are. But we become a chameleon because we want others to like us. Mm. And that's the big dilemma that we've got to. And, and that's because we're weak in understanding our core value position. And until we can go there, we cannot be in the driver's seat of our own personal brand. Sure. And we cannot not be consistent or authentic.
0: I think that, but that's the thing, we have to be intentional on our authenticity, no matter what we're doing. Jumping back on kind of that whole branding, small business aspect. When I talk to some small business owners, you know, they're so busy kind of working in their business. When I talk to them about, you know, marketing and branding and what they represent within communities and that sort of thing, a lot of them just turn around and go, bah, humbug. (laughs) You know, branding is for big companies. I'm just a small business. You know, I can't, I can't, go out and market myself, or I can't go out and brand myself. How reasonable is that?
2: (laughs) Well, when you understand that a brand is just a perception, and you've been getting perceived by the community, by your employees, by your prospects, your customers, this whole time, as soon as you opened your doors up to run a business, and you're not in control of it, then they're branding you, instead of you branding them. So you're being branded any, either way, right? Whether you're, you're focused on the intention of it or not. So why not be in control of it yes. is the point. And branding's not expensive. You might have to pay some time, right, to really focus. But if you're not, if you're in business and you haven't spent time and effort identifying, defining and aligning to your value position, then you're really missing a big opportunity to create consistent, distinctive, um, competitive advantage.
0: Yeah, I love it. your
2: employees probably come and go.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love it. The first chapter of my book is called Experience Expectation, and I do a keynote for groups and for organizations, all based around this idea that we can actually design the experience that customers get by understanding what those experiences are gonna look like, and how do you stay congruent to those values Time and time again, I've never looked at it as being branding, but now that you mentioned it, it's like, it's exactly what it is. It's setting and being it intentional is. about what you want people to feel and see and kind of internalize what that business means to them is brilliant.
2: Oh, you'd probably, if you haven't already read this book, you probably know about it. It's called The Experience Economy by Joseph Pine and James Gilmore. And in it, they have this great quote I use in my workshops all the time and says, In the absence of a distinctive brand experience, price becomes the default in your customer's buying decision.
0: Isn't that interesting?
2: So if you want to operate on price and constantly have these price wars and cutting prices, you know, you can be that way, sure. But if you want to be premier and not have to do that, then you have to create experiences that create distinction.
0: Yep, and so right away, think Tesla, think Apple. I mean, what is it like when, whenever you get an Apple box, right? And I was just looking at how brilliant their little Apple boxes are, right? And how when you open it up, it's it's done in such a way that you uncover things, right? They create an experience just from the yes. box itself. They're creating an experience, and I just love it. Suzanne, this is so fantastic. If people want to get in touch with you to bring you in, to take a look at what they're doing, how can they get hold of you?
2: Well, my website is brandascension.com. I am on LinkedIn. Join me on LinkedIn too. I'm building my profile there and have been on LinkedIn for a long time, but I love connecting with people there. And uh, Facebook, Brand Ascension. I'm pretty much out there everywhere. Google me and you'll find me. (laughs) I also have a personal brand clarity YouTube channel, which has lots of great little short videos and all kinds of tips and tricks for personal branding as well.
0: Love it. And I do believe we did put the links to all that in the show notes. I'd like to take a walk down to three most powerful attributes of successful, successful brand can have, but I'd like to do that right after this.
3: When you're delivering an important speech to a huge audience, it's easy to lose your place or go way over time. Give yourself an advantage with the Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app. No more checking your watch or calling for time. The Pro Speaker Presentation Speech Timer app keeps you on track with easy-to-see timers, even changing color for visual prompts during your speech. And you can set audio cues to practice or set it to vibrate so you don't even have to look. Be the pro you know you are. Download the app at speakerpresentationtimer.com.
0: Welcome back. I am speaking with brand clarity expert, Suzanne Tuline. Suzanne, a lot of what we've been talking about today is about being conscious and intentional with branding ourselves. How much of personal branding is unconscious right now?
2: Too much of it, I think. You know, in my opinion, I think that people, again, are are just, it's easier to be reactive than to go inward and really think through and land on those attributes that you know are in a full alignment with who you are. So I think my, my mission is to get out there and get people to start caring about their value position and really uncovering what that looks like for them to make it tangible so that they can walk the talk and deliver on the promise. And they feel good about it. Then you start, you walk in this you know realm of alignment, you start manifesting things, all kinds of great things that you are in alignment with, which is fabulous.
0: And, you know, it's so much better to do that than to have to backpedal all the time. (laughs) (laughs) When will we learn? (laughs) It's true that, you know, we we have all these behaviors and, and, you know, people are constantly backpedaling and saying, that's not how I meant to be or, you know, I'm sorry for this. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but there's an undercurrent there of how do we know we can trust now? And it's exactly what you said. It's like people don't want to feel like they're being acted to. Let's pull back the covers a little bit on the attributes of powerful brands. What do great brands have in common?
2: Well, great brands, if we're talking about corporate arena, they're just slightly different for the corporate arena versus the personal brand. But corporations have to be consistent, for sure, because consistency builds trust. Trust creates history. History forms tradition. And tradition is kind of the ultimate thing to build upon so that you have loyal customers. The next thing is being highly distinctive, making sure that everything that you do is unique. Even if you sell cars and your competitor sells cars too, right? What's unique about your delivery of that car, the features and benefits of the car and your follow-up process? I mean, there's so many details and intricacies that you can be distinctive with how you talk about it, what, you know, your tone, your brand style attributes come into play in that space, bring employees types of things in your, what your culture looks like and feels like all, this, there's so much to talk about in, in terms of these individual attributes that make a successful brand. And the final one for the corporation is engagement, making sure that you are an engaging brand. And these days it's so easy to be engaging almost at no expense, really. It's just about, you know, creating contests, creating polls, creating, you know, and reaching out to your customers, getting feedback, responding to that. So many different things that you can be engaging around because this next generation coming up is so all about that is stimulus, right? And getting engaged. So those are the three corporate ones and just slightly different for the personal brand.
0: So how do the personal brands differ?
2: Yeah, so we do have the same one called consistency because it's very important to build trust again with your personal brand, but you cannot be consistent without really understanding what those core values are and the the style attributes. So if you say I'm consistent, consistent at what? And if you don't know what that is, then you've got to take that deep dive into understanding that the second one is being authentic. And again, you cannot be truly authentic to who you are as a brand until you do the due diligence and you do the homework and and unpack what those attributes are that you are fully aligned with. And you can easily organically walk the talk and deliver on your promise about who you are and how you show up. And then the final one is a unique word. We don't use it often in regular spaces, but it's called being generative. And this means that you're always looking to how is like Suzanne going to be her brand 101 versus one, uh, you know, 201 versus 301, 401, 501? What is my next update? But staying true to my core values, but what does that now look like in this new economy, in this new experience that I'm trying to reach out to, right? My new market space, whatever that is. But I'm constantly generating that next thing, but it's still in align line with my core values because those don't change. Right? Those are supposed to be enduring. You're supposed to land on them, do the deep work, find those core values, and then land on them, right? And live them. I know that was fast.
0: As you were saying that, I was uh, the one thing that popped into my head is the values stay the same, but your thinking might change.
2: Yes. Yes. So, you know, just do it has always been this tagline for Nike, and it's been all about performance, right? That Mm -hmm. is really a core value of theirs. And so over the years, they have begun to create new campaigns and ways of, of talking about it and showing up in it that match what's going on in the outside world, right? right.
0: Yeah. So you
2: can take it to that next level and be really innovative. That's how you continue to stay fresh.
0: And what's, what's really great with the direction that they've gone is you don't have to be an elite athlete to appreciate Nike. Right. right. And that's that's something that they've, that's one of their core things is it's about just doing it, not being necessarily brilliant at it, not being the best in the world, but just doing it to accomplish, which I think is a brilliant way to look at it. I know that your previous book to this one was called Brand DNA. Yeah. Are there any key elements in the brand DNA that kind of apply to what we're talking about today?
2: Yeah, everything in the DNA process, it was built to help companies literally unpack and identify, define those brand attributes that enable them now to make those tangible within their systems and processes, within their culture, their hiring, operations, etc. right? So standards of performance is one thing we haven't talked about that's in the process of brand DNA. So we have to set these standards of performance. Basically, we have four buckets. One is process bucket, one is customer bucket, one is employee bucket, and one is financial bucket. So we create these statements that help strategically guide us to create then supportive actions so that we're walking the talk and delivering on those declarations called the standards of performance and they are all tied into your core values your organization's core values and style attributes so everything's all weaved together once you identify the components of the dna of your operation and then you get to start really creating what your forte is these experiences right that help them walk that talk so it gets really exciting and fun after that.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's brilliant. It's really in alignment with a lot of stuff that I talk about. It's brilliant. I know. For people who are watching this saying, yeah, you know what? I need to get started on defining this. I need to start taking ownership of my brand, whether it's personal or the company. What are some of the cautionaries you would have for people wanting to kind of dip their toe in now?
2: Cautionaries. I would say it does take time and it takes commitment and passion to really extract these components from the DNA and then infuse them in. Once it starts coming out and you start really getting clear on those attributes, Pandora's box opens up and you find so many creative, innovative things you can begin to do that are in alignment with what you've chosen as your attributes that create that distinction. So it can be overwhelming, but I would say take baby steps and you know do each activity and each exercise as you need to take a couple of weeks for each and engage your employees in the process. That's one of my specialties is when I'm working with organizations with employees, we choose up to 16 key constituents within the organization. Even those that are you know, influencers all the way down to the front facing customer service, right? And bring them in and we have this wonderful process where we're just fleshing out this material. And then they want to right away start implementing, right? What can we do to get this out into the hearts and minds of our other employees? And that's when I do a, what we call a brand awareness session where we have a big rah-rah event and we create activities and exercises to get everybody infused into the new terms and words that we're going to be using to describe our brand
0: so that we can actionize it. Nice. If that's a word. I, I love that. <laughs> why, why can't it be a word? Actionize. You can, you can actionize. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's interesting because You know, what I get from that one cautionary is that it cannot be the shiny object of the moment. It can't be the policy of the month. It has to be something that it's highly strategic, but then you have to just hang your hat on it. You have to put up the flag and you have to live by it come what may. Because, you know, part of the challenge, especially for small businesses, is they're so afraid, if I do this, I'm going to lose customers. But what they get on the flip side is, yes, you might have the pain of losing the customers who liked you the way you used to be, but now that you're really kind of synced into what the market wants, you're going to actually get better and be better.
2: Well, I think they're going to hone in on the customers that are more in alignment with who they are. Absolutely. And then that's when business explodes. So they're really, it's the 80-20 rule. They're really getting rid of the the people that, you know, aren't very loyal, that, you know, would would not purchase if you did a small price hike, right? They would go somewhere else. And what you end up finding is with your systems and processes and you're really starting to get those experiences together that are really fun and interesting and distinctive, those people that really love what you're doing and they tell their friends. And then you have this no-cost sales force building through your loyalty programs.
0: Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I call in the journey that you turn them from being active participants in your business to becoming ambassadors. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this has been thrilling. I've so enjoyed this conversation with you today, Suzanne. Do you have any last thoughts about what we're talking about today?
2: Well, let's say I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> your marketing might get your customers in the door, but it is your brand that keeps them coming back. So invest in brand development is what I would have to say.
0: And that is not just your customers, that's employees as well. If you want to Absolutely. attract the best employees, it's, the same, it's the same thing. This has been brilliant, Suzanne. Could you just remind everybody one more time how they can get a hold of you?
2: Absolutely. Thank you. It's brandascension.com. I'm on Facebook, Brand Ascension, LinkedIn, Suzanne Tuline. I've got books on personal brand, brand DNA and personal brand clarity on Amazon. Reach out. You know, I'd love to talk with you. I have a Kickstarter toolkit for personal branding on my website. So sign up for that. It's free. It's your Kickstarter kit that you know, provides assessments and documents and some activities that you can begin to do. And what
0: will that do for them? What will that Kickstarter. Uh,
2: that'll get them thinking differently about how they're actually showing up and really, really start taking that deep dive.
0: Love it, love it. Suzanne, thank you so much. This has been so thank much you, fun Mark. and been so brilliant. I appreciate you and I appreciate your generosity of sharing your knowledge and your passion with us today.
2: Thank you so much, Mark. You guys have a great rest of the year and enjoy what you do and keep doing what
0: you do because we need it so much. Thank you so much. Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? As always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, go ahead and book yourself on my online calendar. The link is down below in the show notes. It would be an honor for me to be of service to you. And that 30 minutes is absolutely on my time. It's something I'm passionate about. You know, if anybody followed me at all, you know I used to be in economic development. I loved working with small businesses to help them overcome some of the barriers that they have. Because like we always say, you cannot see the label from inside the bottle. Sometimes you do need to bring somebody from the outside to tell you what's on a label. And if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this show. By doing so, you will get first dibs whenever I bring you fresh content that will help you work on your business, not just in your business. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com where you can subscribe to iTunes or by RSS so you'll never miss a show or go directly to markhane.live.com to watch the video edition of this podcast. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please give us a rating on iTunes or you can share it and tell your friends all about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.